that's why we're so passionate about self-love is because it's not a separate thing. It's everything. You're listening to Honest Combos with Karen and Marsha, a podcast about the lifelong journey to become your best self, live your best life, and do your best work. We discuss going from a limited mindset to a growth mindset, self-love, confidence, happiness, goal smashing, and much more. And now, and now on, on to, to the episode. episode. We are excited to be sharing today about celebrities that embody self-love. Yeah, I'm excited for this episode because sometimes when we talk about self-love, I think good to put it into like tangible examples of what that looks like in practice. Like when you're seeing someone, the things that they're doing, we don't know these people, obviously, right? (laughs) But what we see can conclude that they have to be loving themselves fully to be able to do the things that they're doing. So I'm excited to use some of those examples to really help you see more about what we're talking about when we're saying you got to love yourself and why that's important. And with celebrities, it's that that adage, like, don't compare your right now to where they're at, because you're just seeing the big picture of a ton of growth and personal development and everything. And that's what Karen and I have both, how we have defined self-love is being on that personal development growth tour, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, you know, learning how to have that self-efficacy, the boundaries, having self-care in place, those kind of things. Cause I think that is if you're gonna be a successful celebrity or someone that's out in the public eye, these are things that you need to have mastered or things that are going to open your eyes to what you need so that you can do it in a health a mentally healthy way Mm -hmm. so it's funny because when we were prepping this I didn't even think about it but you know both of my boys play baseball and so they're they're athletes they're 11 and 9 but like we're, we're taking it pretty serious and the older one had a game and he's he's in his head a lot. He's my thinker, Marsha Jr., like this kid. (laughs) (laughs) And so I was trying to explain to him, like, you know, your mindset is so important and your body language. And if you're slumping your shoulders. So Ryan and I, we had like a 45 minute long conversation with him the other night. And it wasn't a lecture and it was, you know, it was us trying to help set him on his path because if you're in a position where people are spectating, like it's important that you know that it's just a moment in time, but like how to best channel all your energy and strength into that moment so that you can perform well. And it made me think of like Michael Jordan. He's one of the most honest athletes that you'll ever hear from. And I don't know if it's because his platform is so big and everybody knows who he is, but he talks about his failures. And like, the only reason I succeed is because you miss every shot you don't take Mm -hmm. that, that kind of thing. And he, when he was in high school, he didn't make the team. Was it high school or middle school? Do you know his his background? I think it was high school. He tried out, didn't make the team. And then the coach was like, Hey, if you show up at this time, every morning and you practice then you can try out again he didn't even say like you get a place on the team he said I'll give you the opportunity to try out again and Michael Jordan did that and he did he shot from the free throw line every you know and it's just the most monotonous type thing 
but he would do that because this was something he wanted to be mm-hmm. a master at. So that's one example. And I mean, Michael Jordan's still thriving, right? He's yeah. still, yeah. yeah, still living his best life because there's, you know, being in the limelight and being a celebrity, but that's, you're seeing such a small percentage of their life. So that is a good example though, because we see a lot like with athletes, especially the level of discipline that it takes to master being good at that sport. You have to have some self-love in place. Like there has to be some serious commitment and belief in yourself and trust that you're going to come through because Otherwise, you wouldn't even bother, right? You wouldn't even stay up late and get up early and put in all the hours to practice. And and you would take those no's and it would crush you, right? It was like, that's the same thing with like JK Rowling, which I know she's kind of canceled right now, but <laughs> we, we can't ignore <laughs> the accomplishment with her Harry Potter series and how it was declined by so many publishers before finally someone said yes. And there's lots of instances like that where something was rejected, rejected, rejected. And then finally someone says, hmm, okay, I'll take this. For you to take all those rejections and keep going and keep trying You have to have some serious self-love, self-belief. I'm going to do this. This is going to work eventually. Otherwise, you would just give up. And we see a lot, unfortunately, of instances where self-love is probably not strong enough, even in celebrities where there might be suicides or drug problems and things like that. And I mean, again, we don't know these people. We don't know their inner lives (laughs) or inner thoughts or any of that, but we just can conclude looking from the outside that something is missing in that self-love if they are falling into that kind of habit or that kind of lifestyles. It really is important, no matter what you're doing, no matter what your goals are, no matter what vision you have for your life. If you don't have the self-love in place, it's like almost impossible to achieve it. Or even if you do get there, sustaining it or feeling like you're worthy of it when you do have it or feeling like that you actually deserve it. It's a whole lot to it. It's so nuanced. And we're not therapists. (laughs) (laughs) We're not trying to like psychoanalyze it. But at the same time, we just want to encourage you that when you are thinking about self-love, it really, it's the backbone. It's not really one thing by itself. Um, One of my favorite quotes from Lucille Ball is love yourself first and everything else falls into line. You really have to love yourself to get anything done in this world. That's why we're so passionate about self-love is because it's not a separate thing. It's everything. The Honest Convos with Karen and Marsha podcast is sponsored by Self Love Reboot. Ready to revive your relationship with yourself? Learn more, register, and get started today. Go to selfloverebootcom And don't forget to use code HONESTCONVOS to get your exclusive podcast listener rate. I'm glad you brought up that part about the celebrities who who have addictions and uh, commit suicide, that kind of thing, because, you know, obviously that's like a, a personal subject for me. But when you are out in the limelight, when you're doing your work and 
you're putting yourself out there. If you don't have that full self-love, then you feel super exposed. And the way to counteract that feeling is to do my like mind-numbing either drugs or alcohol or um yeah. Okay. Yeah. But when you were talking about the addiction and everything, it's kind of like that imposter syndrome. And those are just mm-hmm. some of the things that can come up that are like that counterdict the self-love. It's like the things that you can experience. What are some other ones? Imposter syndrome. I mean, addiction is something. The things that prevent you from loving yourself because you're not fully there and fully aware and conscious of what's going on. I didn't really know Lucille Ball's history. Can you tell us a bit about her? One of the things that I loved about her is, and her story is she was just very groundbreaking with what she was doing. She really pushed the envelope. I mean, most of everyone knows her from I Love Lucy, which was like one of the best TV shows of all time still, right, to this day. And, you know, she was the first woman to be openly pregnant on screen. Like before that, they would hide it. They would pretend like you just got fat for a little while. And But she was like, no, like I'm pregnant and the character's pregnant. Let's just be pregnant, you know? <laughs> and they're like, okay. <laughs> they have originally wanted her husband to be portrayed by a white male. And she said, no, she wanted her real life husband to play her on-screen husband. And he was Cuban. He had a strong accent. There was an interracial marriage. So there was a lot about it that the producers were like, "Mm, are we sure about this? And she's like, yeah, it's happening. So to have that kind of like, to push it, you know, to keep going for what you want, to make your vision the reality, it just, to me, it just embodies that self-love that, you know, that she talked about, even in the quote I mentioned earlier. It's like, you have to really have not surface level self-love. We're not talking about like the, the flowery, say nice words to yourself and, <laughs> and then affirmations you, will heal everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I'm not saying that affirmations aren't useful. They are, but I'm talking about like that deep, true self-love where you're not holding your mistakes against yourself, where you're not beating yourself up with self-judgment and you're not all constantly wallowing in shoulda, coulda, woulda. We all go through shoulda, coulda, woulda. I mean, there's so many things that if I look back, I'm like, oh, I could have did that better. I should have done this. I mean, we all have that. But when you wallow in that, how can you love yourself? You're constantly stuck in the past and then what you did, quote unquote, wrong. When you have that that self-love, that true, deep self-love to push the envelope the way she did, it just really inspired me. You know, she started a production company, Desilu Productions, which eventually became Paramount Television, and they produced I Love Lucy, Star Trek, and some other stuff. She just really inspires me when I look at her story and her background because of what she was able to accomplish. And that's what, when we think about self-love, what is it that self-love allows your life to become? What does it allow you to create in your life? That's really the kind of self-love we're talking about. Again, not the like flowery, you know, say nice words to yourself, make sure you're taking care of yourself, which is important, but it goes deeper than a manicure and a pedicure or a massage. We're like really talking about mentally taking care of yourself, nurturing the mental environment for self-love to flourish because that's where it starts. 
if your thoughts are negative, if you're constantly wallowing in the past and what you think are mistakes and what you think are negative things about yourself, whether it's body image or whatever, you are not creating a mental environment for self-love to really flourish, for you to really feel good about you. You have to be with you 24-7, which has never been more evident than now. While we're all self-quarantining or whatever, right? You have probably spent more time with yourself in the past six, seven months than ever. And you have to be with you 100% of the time. There's never a time when you're not with yourself. Like, I know that sounds like the, but really think about it. Like you're never not with you. So if you are not loving yourself, if you are not giving yourself that acceptance and belief and trust and knowing that you're worth whatever it is that you want in your life, I mean, no one else is going to do it better than you will. So it has to start with you. And that goes back to the addiction thing too, is the only time that you are able to escape yourself and your own thoughts and brain and mind is when you are under the influence because it it does numb you out. It's able to distract you from yourself. And I'm so glad you said that because the thoughts are so important. I do think too, like my very first foray into personal development was with affirmations. I would, Mm -hmm. I would just, I had, I had a list and I thought it was the cheesiest, dorkiest thing ever. And I'm like, if anybody ever found my list, like they're going to make fun of me. But I was in such a deep and dark place. It was, I had two toddlers at home. I was a full-time stay at home mom with my husband working six days a week. You know, it was a very, very dark time for me. And my brain was just battling me, you know, it was the beginning of the sobriety, but I had a list and it was like, I am healthy. I am happy. I am loving. And it was all these I am things. And so I do like, I wasn't trying to dismiss affirmations in the beginning, because I think that when you are, when your brain is your battlefield, the best thing you can do is just start with the most basic thing. At some point, hopefully you start to believe it. And it's like, mm-hmm. I am healthy. Like maybe, maybe my, my brain's attacking me or whatever, but like physically, you know, I can lift stuff. I can, you know, run a mile if I have to, like a 25 minute mile, whatevs. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it, it just kind of reminds you of things. And I have to think that like, you know, with Lucille Ball, I love her as an example, because when was that back in the 50s or 60s? Yeah, I want to say it was in the 50s, probably, because I think their show started in like 1950 something. Okay. And so like for her to be doing that way back then, here's the thing that I found for me personally when I'm the most courageous and loving myself the most, it's when I have that take it or leave it. And I'm sure she had to have done that too, where she's like, look, I'm pregnant. There's no hiding this. I'm going to physically get bigger. And you guys can, you know, either write it into the, to the script or we take a break. Nobody's getting paid, you know, right. like here, here's the options. And that's, for me, I'm able, I have a very creative mind, so I'm able to come up with a lot of different scenarios. That's just my thing is I have two options. It's like we can take it or we can leave it. This is what I'm going to do. You know, I'm going to put the time and energy and effort into it. But if it sucks, then I'm okay with what's going to happen. And Yeah, and part of that is like having your boundaries, right? Which yeah. goes back to what we talk about a lot is like 
you have to draw your lines in the sand and be okay with however it turns out. If some, right. if you say take it or leave it and someone's like, okay, I'm leaving it. Well, you have to be okay with that option, you know? Right. So yeah, I definitely think that's a great example. Yeah. Boundaries around like, yeah, your time, your energy and your money. It's, and I've actually been, I, I don't like <laughs> going against my integrity, but like I, one of my friends had a baby and so I need to get her a gift and my nephew graduated high school. And so I have like a set amount of money that comes out of, cause I do the T Harvecker, like where it's 50% goes to necessities, 10% goes to education anyway. So I have my money broken up for every dollar that comes in and I have like my gift fund instead of tithing, which whatever, don't judge me people. Like I still donate to, to causes, but like giving is giving. Yeah. Yeah. Giving is giving. I love giving gifts. And so the primary, whatever my money more goes to gifts for friends and family than 501c3s. So (laughs) (laughs) whatever. Giving is giving. It really is. Exactly. (laughs) But like, I've had like some months where I'm just like, oh my God, like, and I don't know if it is the pandemic and it's my way of like dealing, like trying to put more good out there into the world by giving gifts to people. But I have been going over the budget and I'm just like, okay, I need to reel it in. And that's a boundary right there. And I'm not respecting that boundary. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, and it's starting to tear at me like, okay, Marcia, are you prioritizing these people more over your bank account and like what you said you were going to do with your money. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's where, okay. Coach me on that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, <laughs> I like really that. this podcast for free coaching from Karen. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you recognize that though, because that's part of it. Like you really have to be able to see where you're out of alignment with what you have said to yourself. And I talk about that when, um, we talk about self-efficacy because that's how it starts to break down is when you're not holding yourself to what you said you're going to do and you're not keeping the promises to yourself that nobody else knows about. It's just between you and you, but the more that you disregard them or don't stick to them, you start to lose the self-efficacy, which then erodes your belief and trust in yourself and you know all the other things. So yeah, it, I like that you can recognize that because that's a big part of self-love too is like, we're not saying that, you know, you have to be going around thinking like you're the best thing in the world, you know, what is it? You're the best thing since sliced bread or whatever, <laughs> whatever that saying is. But, you know, you can recognize your own fault. You can recognize that. And when I say your faults, I'm talking about your faults as it compares to what you think you should be, right? It's not according to anyone else's standards, but whatever you have set, like, this is what I want to be. This is who I want to be. This is how I want to show up in the world. And if you're not meeting that, it's okay to recognize that and work on it. That's part of it too. You know, we're not saying ignore like any of that, but it's not okay to beat yourself up about it or to wallow in like feeling less than or not worthy or undeserving because of that. That's where it becomes an issue. Yeah, that's a a very good point because that's part of the whole personal development and how Karen and I both state that we're like lifelong learners and it is having that self-awareness and noticing when things are starting to bother you when you are going against what you're supposed to be in alignment with because when you do have that awareness then you can actually come up with ways to fix it so mm-hmm. the the whole thing with self-love is like being being an advocate for yourself like 
Lucille Ball, I don't know her marriage situation. I'm assuming, did she stick with Desi for the... No, they ended up divorced because, you know, he was, a, a lot of cheating was happening, according oh. to what I read online, but... <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, so, and she ended up remarried, though, later in life, but... um, It seems like she had a very, I mean, she... Yeah. I mean, divorce is a good thing, you know? Well, that, yeah. That, that takes a lot of self-love to actually be right. able to someone that is, you know, not adhering yeah. to your moral compass. Like if, you know, like it sounds like she gave him a pretty sweet setup, having his name on her business and bringing him, getting him a position on TV that led to all the skirts he was able to, don't get me started, Karen. <laughs> Do not. Well, and <laughs> something I liked too that I read was that they remained friends, like oh. well into you know he passed away at uh, some point. I think he was like seventy seven, and she passed away a few years after that. But that they remained friends that whole time. It just told me she must not have held that in herself. You know what I mean? Like that he, you know, was unfaithful. She didn't take that as something that was wrong with her or that, you know, she didn't take that on and be like, okay, well, I wasn't worthy. I wasn't deserving. So she must've been able to work through that and continue to have that self-love in order to be friends with him, you know, well into their later years. So that was inspiring too, is when people do things, it's not, it's, it's about them. It's not about you. And when you don't, you don't want to take that on, you know, that can be a whole nother podcast episode, but wait, um, wait. when people, no, no, this is not happening right now. I thought everybody was doing everything against me (laughs) for themselves. No, (laughs) seriously though. It's like, it's yeah, that that's such a good pointer that like her self-love was so strong that she was able to see that for what it was. Like he's trying to Mm -hmm. fill up his cup some way because of whatever but she's like nope didn't have nothing to say with about me and that's wow that's deep yeah but can I still hate him no I'm just kidding (laughs) even if she didn't (laughs) oh my gosh so um as you can tell we could talk about this forever that's probably like my party line right I think I say that every episode but (laughs) so add your voice to the discussion And we'll be back next week talking more about self-love because this is part of our Summer of Self-Love series. And so we're going to be diving into more topics about loving yourself fully and unconditionally. Yeah, next week we're doing an actual practice, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm excited about that one. That's going to be be good. Because like, yeah, you can start like if you do feel like super negative and down on yourself and, and you have no idea where to start, well, first off, by the self-love reboot selfloverebootcom (laughs) and we will spell it out for you but the very bare minimum like literally my entryway into this was affirmations just do a list we definitely want to hear from you on this subject you know hit us up on twitter instagram on our facebook page we want to know what you think you know about this so definitely it's a conversation with karen and marcia and you Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a five-star review and subscribe on your favorite podcast player. For show notes and ways to connect with us, go to www.honestconvospodcast.com. 